All right, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in to KOVE 1330 AM, 107.7 FM, Community Connected. You're listening to Today in the 10 with Vince Tropea here with your coffee time interview. And as I mentioned before the break, we're in studio today with Renee Shell and Brian Diebolt from the Wyoming Game and Fish Lander offices uh, here today to talk about the recent bear sightings in the Lander area and the proper preventative measures folks are recommended to take to mitigate bear presence. Renee is, of course, the Game and Fish Information and Education Specialist, and Diebolt is the Large Carnivore Conflict Coordinator, which, as I said the last time you were on the show, is my favorite job title I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, before we talk about all things bears today, how's everybody doing this morning? Very good, Vince. Thank you. Brian, thanks for coming in. Yep, I'm doing great. Thanks, Vince. Renee, thanks to you as well, to both of you for coming in today uh, to talk about this. Uh, specifically, uh, we had uh, here on County 10 and on uh, KOVE, we reported on a July 13th black bear sighting. It's on Squaw Creek Road in Lander. And uh, we, we got that information out there, but it led to a lot more public questions and uh, a lot more information that, that we think uh, needs to get out to the public. So uh, if you guys wouldn't mind just kind of uh, giving us uh, a breakdown of what happens when we have these bear sightings in our county. Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I know Brian uh, has a lot of things on his mind, and he's been really the one, one of the ones on the ground um, out knocking on doors, doing education, whether we have, you know, a bear a recent sighting or, you know, just kind of education of homeowners mm -hmm, in general. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll let kind of Brian talk a little bit about this black bear, the history. Um, there were multiple reports, and then through his investigation and talking to folks, you know, kind of found out, oh, even even more. Oh, you saw this bear then. And, you know, all of the things. Um, and the steps that could have been taken, should have been yes. taken, uh, all of that information that people may just uh, uh, not uh, know or may just not be following through. Right. And we'll, I, I do want to make sure we'll probably say this multiple times. Early reporting of any of these incidences, like as soon as it happens, gives us the most management flexibility. Mm -hmm. We have the most options at that point to secure attractants and to help landowners with that and better outcomes for the bear and for people. So I'll let DeBolt talk a little bit about kind of this bear and you can see where we go from there. Perfect. Yeah, very good. Thanks, Renee. Um, yeah, those are all good reminders of kind of this incident and... It's not a carbon copy of what we've seen in the past, but extremely similar. So <clears throat> is what happens with these black bear sightings, you know, and, and potential escalation of, you know, what we call nuisance or conflict <laughs> behavior mm -hmm. by a bear. And, you know, some of the first reports we got, um, one, were separated pretty significantly geographically. Okay. And so we didn't know that this was the same bear, the, the recent bear in uh, close to Lander. And they were just sightings. No food reward, no property damage. And so, you know, our response was, okay, um, you know, keep us posted. Um, we give them some 24-hour numbers to call mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, you know, and be sure and, yeah, secure all your pet and livestock food, your bird seed, your garbage, things like that. Um, so obviously if there is a bear around, he doesn't find an easy meal. Um, no further response is really required at that point. Well, the, it's the reports that we don't get mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, um, yeah, 
folks' compassion for, frankly, the welfare of the bear leads to um, a significant increase in bad behavior by mm-hmm. the bear because mm-hmm. they are getting what we call food rewards. Because Anthrop- they're in search of food. That's uh, why they go into uh, these more heavily populated areas, especially with black bears, correct? Yes. Yeah. So for whatever reason, you know, um, you know, the outskirts of land are, I mean, we don't see a, a lot of bear activity down in developed areas, but we sure do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess I've been at this for about 25 years and, um, you know, it, it's not a frequent occurrence, but it's it's common. It's not unusual, okay, to have bears in lower elevations. So it's our responsibility, yeah, to secure attractants. And again, um, I think folks, two things. Again, they have a compassion for the bear. They don't want anything bad to happen to the bear. And so would you say that's the automatic assumption that people have is game yeah. and fish is going to come in. They're going to kill the bear to get rid of it, right? Yes, yes. And... You know, that's that's an unfair accusation, frankly. You know, we try to prevent conflicts. Mm-hmm. That is such a huge percentage of the work that we do is trying to prevent conflicts uh, between bears and people, all, all wildlife. And uh, a second component, I think, of folks' hesitation to report things is um, there's probably a little bit of guilt, you know. Yeah, they, yeah And sure. inadvertently, you know, they're just feeding birds or... You know, they're, you know, they, they don't secure their trash because, again, it's not a regular common occurrence to have bears in some of these areas. And the bear gets into the trash and they don't want to feel like they're being blamed for, yeah, if something does have to happen to the bear. Just for uh, people's own awareness, too, are, are citations ever given out for anything like that, uh, either by Game and Fish or by law enforcement, if they found that they're not uh, doing those proper techniques? So, no. You know, there's no regulation requiring people to to store their attractants unavailable to bears. Um, so the city has a wildlife feeding ban ordinance. We'll let Renee explain that a little bit. Please, more. yes, thank you. So within city limits, uh, there is a feeding ordinance that includes the intentional and unintentional feeding of wildlife other than birds. So it's not common that we have black bears in the city limits, but we sure have in, you know, recent years Mm -hmm, even. mm -hmm. Um, So it's a good thing. And of course, we always, you know, we won't go down the deer track, but we always have trouble with with deer accessing some of these same things as well. So, um, yeah, that's the, the kind of city piece. And then like Brian said, other municipalities, certainly um, Jackson, you know, has their own county regulations with bears. But those regulations are, shouldn't be something that uh, uh, keeps you from reporting. You know, that if you're if you're reporting it, uh, uh, that's the key is to let uh, you folks know that uh, there is a bear present. Yeah. So with that, I would say if someone has a fear um, that they're going to be yeah, maybe legally liable. <laughs> um, they're going to be punished um, so in some way because, yeah, a bear got into their trash or is ripping down their bird feeders. That is not our intent. Like I said, we could go down the whole, you know, deer feeding thing, which isn't all that unrelated. It has a lot of similar issues with just feeding wildlife and habitu- habituating wildlife to people mm-hmm, in general. Mm-hmm. That's all bad. It is. It's all bad. But that is a separate issue, and we could talk all day about that, and I'd be glad to. But anyway, back to the bears. So, um, no, we, we're not out to chastise or punish or 
publicly humiliate somebody that just accidentally had a bear get into their stuff. Right. You know, it's just, you know, um, th that's not our intent. Our intent is to prevent the bear, you know, from getting uh, food rewards and what we call becoming food conditioned, uh, you know, a reward of, of some sort of food associated with people. Okay. Um, and, you know, to protect the bear. And secondly, and well, there's no first or second, both in conjunction, is keep people safe. Right. As rare as it is for black bears to become aggressive towards people, it's this exact bear behavior that he was exhibiting um, that the next step is, yeah, injuring or killing somebody, okay. frankly. That's it. Then that's, I, I mean that with all seriousness. These bears associate people with a food reward. They become more aggressive and more bold in their attempts to get that food. And pretty soon, something clicks in their head and they say, hmm, people are food too. Right. Yeah, and we don't want it to get to that point. Right. And so that's our entire objective is preventing that from occurring. Oh, just to sort of geek out for a moment on bears and these food rewards, you know, especially wild animals, it's all about energetic balance. And so the less they have to work to get the food, I mean, think about how much harder it is to get the calories they need if they have to take every berry off a bush and find the pine nuts and, mm -hmm. you know, eat mm -hmm. the moths, do all those things, right? I mean, that could fill their day to get the energy, but if they can get into trash or something that's unsecured that's what they're going to do that's what they're going to keep coming back for and it's almost like you know we hear like people become addicted to sugar and it's the uh -huh. same kind of thing if you're just leaving them out uh, a buffet basically then right. they're like oh this is the easiest way to uh, get food and then you may be changing that or someone else may not uh, have as easy access but then now that person is the thing that's keeping them from food right and so ideally if we get those early reports i'm back to this early reporting because i really believe this is one of the keys um if we get those early reports and things get secured in an area you have a bear that maybe they got one food reward and they can go right back to being a bear like mm -hmm. oh they come by again they go by the neighbors they go miles away and still it's all secured the message is there's nothing here these homes these humans don't have things for me i'm going back mm -hmm. to the woods and that's that's the goal we want game of fish wants all wild bears to live out their life as wild bears so when bears do get these food rewards the more they get like renee said the easier it is for them to obtain a meal versus yeah having to dig up roots and tubers and chase ground squirrels um yeah, the more habituated they become, and then the fewer options that the game and fish has to handle that bear. Like, gotcha. say, if we can get early, <laughs> early intervention uh, before it becomes a serious, habituated, food-conditioned, uh, potential human safety threat type of bear, yeah, relocation is an option. Maybe even some, some pretty uh, heavy hazing, you know, we could... You know, shoot them with rubber slugs or put up some electric fence for deterrence. There's things we can do. There's options we have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The longer it goes on and the, the less reports that we get, um, because for whatever reason, again, we discussed several that, that folks, um, you know, aren't, aren't very willing to admit that, you know, a bear was at their place getting a significant food reward. 
the less options we have. And that's um, when those potentially fatal measures are, are, are taken. Yeah. And, you know, I'll just be, be honest with you. Um, I don't appreciate some of the sentiment that it's the game and fish's fault, let's say, when a bear does have to be removed because we didn't cause the problem. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what? And the individuals who um, homes or garbage cans or bird feeders or whatever, they're not really to blame either. You know, it's a, it's a group effort to, to work on, you know, keeping – wildlife wild um and again we're not out to chastise individuals but it's sure not the game fish's fault we're not the one you know that created the problem we're and you don't want it to best. get to that extreme measure as well yeah so we're the ones we're trying yeah to solve the problem to the best of our ability and based on our experience and frankly throughout the west it's it, it it's um very easy to understand w- within the bear management community um, when any type of bear starts exhibiting behavior, you know, like this bear did, for example, there's just few options left, very right. few. Um, you can't put the bear anywhere, anywhere, even if somebody says, well, you could really take it in the back country or something and let it go. Uh, no, he's going to wander right down into the nearest development and start the exact same behavior. We kind of saw that uh, this past winter with some of those mountain lines, if I remember right. One was relocated, and then it was almost immediate, uh, two or three days later, came right back into the area. Yeah, that's another example, yeah, where, you know, he was foraging naturally just in an unnatural place. You know, City Park isn't really a good place to have a a lion protecting the deer cache. And, yeah, they, you know, relocation does work. I'm not saying it doesn't. Uh, If we can get in there early enough Mm -hmm. and depending on, yeah, the situation, you know, each particular situation, relocation can definitely work. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it, but we do it all the time, Um, you know, and nobody wants a a problem or nuisance conflict bear, you know, released in their backyard, so to speak, or near their favorite fishing spot or camping spot or hiking spot. So, um, you know, it's not that easy to relocate a bear, even when that's a, a good viable option. Um, places to put bears are, are extremely difficult. Talk us through that process too, if you don't mind, the relocation process. Yeah. So when we relocate a bear, again, we try to uh, maybe catch a bear early in their, you know, undesired behavior and move them as far away as we possibly can into good suitable habitat where um, they'll inevitably start they have a tremendous homing instinct and kind of start moving back to where they were captured and we just hope they they find a niche to fill somewhere between those two places and yeah just live a wild life a bear being a bear and we do get significant criticism especially with grizzly bears relocating grizzly bears and every you know people that's my hunting spot or that's where we go fishing and and frankly if if you want to avoid that bear that was recently relocated there, go to that spot. Yeah, they'll be on the move. Yeah, they move yeah. significantly uh-huh. within the first 24 hours. So, again, um, yeah, relocation is, is a great option, you know, for handling bears, um, you know, if the circumstances allow for that. Absolutely. 
what type of uh, bear behavior will clue people into knowing that they might have reached that kind of next level of not being able to be easily spooked? Because that's what I've heard about black bears is usually they see a human, they get spooked. They're one of the ones that quickly move away. But if they've become more acclimated, what kind of uh, a thing should folks look for to know that that might not be uh, as much of an option? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. That's um, So is what you see is bears typically you know, are nocturnal. Okay, especially when it's extremely hot. Um, you know, they've got a fur coat zipped up to their lips. Mm-hmm. And they need to spend some time shaded up during the day. Um, so just their increased activity during daylight hours is a concern. That's unusual. That's what this past sighting, the, the video that I mm-hmm. saw of some of the people posting, it was in the morning, like, like 10 o'clock in the morning yeah. or something like that in broad daylight. Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. So that's a concern. Um, and the, um, lack of, of, you know, fleeing behavior, the, you know, the unconcerned behavior, you know, they're unconcerned with human presence, um, you know, and so especially if a bear's being, you know, they blow an air horn at it and bang pots and pans and even, you know, shoot gunfire over its head or whatever. And it's just oblivious to that. That's a serious concern Mm -hmm, too. mm -hmm. Um, and, and again, like say, just the, just the mere fact that they're comfortable in and around homes, actively searching out food. And then if you have a combination of all those factors, yeah, that bears at a point where I consider it a human safety risk. Mm-hmm, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because that next step is where it's going to be so defensive of that food um, or even elevate, you know, its, um, its behavior to where beyond just um, uh, being benign to a human, they look at a person as food, frankly. You know, if they're at that that level of, you know, nutrition level is so low um, where they say, yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead. And, you know, they're, usually these bears are younger bears who are kind of, you know, looking at their, where's their pecking order right, in the population right. anyway. They're trying to assert their dominance. And, yeah, they're going to say, well, maybe I can try this as food, you know, literally a human. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's just not acceptable behavior. So when you start seeing all those factors, that's a serious human safety concern, no doubt. And like you said, that that, that is uh, at the end of the extreme of what, what could end up happening if it goes goes unchecked. And I did see some of the comments on uh, the, the County 10 post that we got out were specifically referencing, well, well, this is bear country. We shouldn't worry about it. Uh, but I think you just... St- just pointed out why we should. Right. And we probably have, I know we do, have quite a few bears that just go through. And it is, it's that one sighting. Somebody calls, I can't believe a bear just walked through my yard. You know, it's right at dark or maybe early in the morning. And that's all you ever hear or see of the bear. Great. Yeah, we do live in bear country. And there's they're usually quite stealthy and elusive and... Um, aren't comfortable around people. And so, yeah, we're in bear country and there's probably significantly more bears and lions um, in and around folks that we're ever aware of. So I love that thought. I mean, we live in bear country. The whole state is some kind of bear country, whether it's black bear or black bear and grizzly bear. And that makes me think about, you know, that it is all of our responsibility. I think most people love to live in Wyoming because of the wildlife, right? Mm -hmm. And 
uh, we we live here, we choose to live here. And so it is, we almost have this heightened level of responsibility than someone that lives without wildlife, where it is our job to keep wildlife wild. So to secure those attractants. So, you know, if you, if we have a problem bear or you have that bear, just walk through and then, oh, it's gone. That doesn't mean do all the things you had been doing because you hadn't seen a bear in two years and you saw one and now it's all okay. So I think, you know, this is a, a bit of a wake up call, I hope for a lot of area residents to, to maybe do some things differently. And if you're not sure how, like, if you're not sure that something is an attractant, like your barbecue grill, I know folks that have a cabin in the mountain and they have their grill and they literally, they will wheel it inside mm-hmm. every evening because it's an attractant for that bear to come. And, you know, I mean, even if they just wreck the grill, they're going to be back, right, for something else. So we love it when people reach out to us and say, you know, is I'd like to secure my attractants. Am I doing it the right way? Is this a good way? So I think it's a great time to take those extra measures if you haven't been, um, even even in, in town, especially those that live like sort of on that, that periphery. Like I said, Squaw Creek area, that, that's yeah. area. even though it's not as populated, there are a lot of cyclists out there. There's a lot of joggers. There's a lot of people with animals and, you know, the, the, the bear may be uh, looking for food and you know, they may not be uh, dangerous just yet, but you may spook them by accident. And uh, who knows what that bear will do if it's in a scared state, if you're out walking your dog and you come up upon it, uh, it could lead to something bad. Yeah. Hopefully that bear runs away. Um, but, and then I will just say only because I have personal experience with a bear, like Brian was talking about that, you know, isn't afraid. It's sort of unmistakable when you have it happen to you because your instinct is, well, I'm afraid of this bear and I feel like it should be afraid of me. Right. Um, and this was, you know, far in the back country. So it doesn't, it's not just front country that we get these bears, um, so educating ourselves, you know, securing attractants and then educating ourselves on how to act in bear country, both front country and back country, mm-hmm. I think super, super important. And, you know, we talked about reporting early and I want to give folks the tools to do that. Please. Yeah. What's the phone yeah. number? How do people reach out? So, of course, if it's eight to five and Monday through Friday, calling your nearest game and fish office, wherever that is, is great. But sometimes these bear encounters are not eight to five, Monday Mm -hmm, through Friday, mm -hmm. the wildlife doesn't know those times. So you can always call our dispatch line, which is the same as the stop poaching hotline. And I'm always telling folks, program it into your cell phones. We have these computers in our pocket. Please put in the stop poaching hotline, call it whatever you want that you're going to remember. And it's um, 877-WGFD-TIP or 877-943- three, eight, four, seven, and they will get the nearest law enforcement. It's that, it's that simple. And that, that line is for, you know, emergencies, what I would call kind of emergencies like this. So you have a conflict with wildlife. You, maybe you even have an, if you, an injured animal on your property or you hit an animal on the highway and it's after hours and you can't get people. Um, So it's not just, it's not for your general questions please wait. <laughs> right. Those. Yeah. Right. But yeah, this is a great way to get dispatch. Well, I even remember last year uh, when I first met Brian and uh, that was because of a late night bear, black bear sighting that happened. And it was all because someone called it in law enforcement was able to attract that bear. And we saw that video from their uh, dash cam footage. Yeah. Last year. So I remember that for sure. And 
you know, the reporting thing is, is interesting. And like, say, folks, um, we get the whole gamut of, of the opinion or the expectation for the Game of Fish Department from the public. And again, um, there's a there's a reluctance with some folks to call because they yeah they don't want anything to happen to the bear. Frankly, they don't want us to kill it, and we don't want to either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's there's a segment of public out there who um, doesn't care. Frankly, they have you know let's say they call and they say, "Well, I got a bear, you know, my property, or even let's say a cabin in the woods," and I go up there, and there's this major bird feeding operation going on. And there ain't a bird feeder more than six feet off the ground, all over the place, and there's bird seed all over the ground. And, you know, when I tell that person, well, <laughs> you need to clean up the bird seed, you know, the, no, their expectation of us is, no, just kill this bear, because I got grandkids coming up here. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, you know, we we will do what's right, you know, for human safety. If it gets to that point, we'll evaluate that. But you have a responsibility, too, to not only your grandkids, but your neighbors, you know, that have cabins close by and whatnot. Um, and some of them, yeah, don't feel that's, that's necessary. And that that's flat wrong, to be honest with you. So, yeah, um, the reporting is the, of these incidents um, are, are very important. And often, you know, we, we do have bear reports. And the more that we get, the more we can put the pieces of the puzzle together. Right. And so, for example, with, with this recent bear and lander, we had just a couple pretty benign kind of sightings. And I said to myself, this bear is getting into something, mm-hmm. somewhere. It's starting to exhibit some of these behaviors we talked about that's just abnormal. And so I start knocking on doors, and probably the 30 doors that I knocked on, Every single one of those individuals had an encounter with the bear. Wow. Okay. Here we go. And I bet you didn't get 30 calls either. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of pieces of the puzzle start coming together. And, yeah, we realized what we were dealing with and were able to, yeah, um, provide a better management response because of that. So. Definitely. And we, we, we've talked about the whole process. We've talked about uh, a number of things here today. <clears throat> we do have some information here on what folks can do to uh, help. What are, what are some of those preventative measures that people can take? So, yeah, the big thing in and around your home, you know, it's uh, I, I love bird watching too, believe it or not. They're just cool as can be. But there are ways that we can um, feed birds and watch them without you know, providing that attractant for bears. Um, one of the houses I went to, for example, um, the bear was interested in the bird feeders, but was unable to get to them because it just happened, so happened, the construction of their home um, basically had steel or metal beams or um, risers, um, you know, on their porch, and uh, the the feeders were hung off of there, and the bear couldn't climb it. It was too slick. <laughs> and not, so, not an easy meal like we talked about before. The bear's like, this is going to be too hard. I'm yeah. moving on to the next yeah. place. And so he he did not get a food reward at that house. He tried, went all the way around the house, stuck his nose in every window, and snooped around the best he could. And he was never back because he did not get that easy meal. And it, it's not um, – again, that was unintentional, but it was nice the way it worked out that way. Um you know, so if you do feed birds, think about there's, you know, there's cable systems 
you know, you can hang between a tree and off the end of your porch and something maybe where a bear just can't reach them. You know, catch pans underneath the bird feeders if it's if it's seed. You know, hummingbird feeders you don't need them, but uh, to catch all the uh, the bird seed that drops mm-hmm. on the ground because mm-hmm. then they can just eat it off the ground. Um, you know, there's a lot of things um, and just securing your garbage. You know, um, a lot of folks haul their own trash, and so if you can store that you know, inside a garage or an outbuilding, you know, until you do take it to town or whatever the case may be, uh, that would be, if you don't have an actual, you know, heavy duty bear resistant container that's outside, which most of us don't, frankly. Um, so if you can store it inside, that would be great. Barbecue grills, same way, you know, it's, it's, they don't necessarily get a huge food reward. Um, but you know, if they tip over your $300 grill and break it all the <laughs> yeah, head, yeah, that's some significant damage that uh-huh. you don't want to deal with. So, yeah, if there's a place you could, yeah, wheel it into a garage or something, that would be great. And, of course, um, pets, you know, if you feed them outside, you know, feed them at designated times, let them eat, and then clean up their stuff. Um, store that dog food and bird seed, again, in the garage or an outbuilding or something. Um, if you have any type of, of livestock, you know, when we're talking black bears, um, they're not a significant issue with um you know cattle and things like that but if you have goats and sheep Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. or poultry of any kind um, beehives you seriously need to consider some electric fencing you know that that will deter any bear if you got a properly working properly constructed electric fence um it'll it'll deter a bear it'll deter any bear i guarantee you so um you can look on our website we have a a Bearwise page um, that gives a ton of information about securing your attractants around your home uh, to prevent having a bear encounter. Th- those preventative me- measures are huge. And just because I know folks will be uh, interested in uh, the follow-up to um, what, what ended up uh, becoming of the most recent bear sighting, how did that situation get resolved? So um, we did end up euthanizing that bear mm-hmm. on Saturday. And, and I'll just kind of say its whole travel route. I mean, it was, you know, 10 miles. I mean, it was Baldwin Creek, Squaw Creek, clear up towards Homestead Park, down into Sinks Canyon. And I'm not, you know, like say chastising any of the folks that live in any of those areas. It right. was everywhere. It right. was dog food, bird seed, domestic poultry, beehives, broke into a vehicle, broke the window out and got into it, barbecue grills, you name it. All of these behaviors that we've just talked about this whole time. And so um, nobody individually, of course, is is, is at fault for that. I mean, it started somewhere. We don't know where. um, But his behavior quickly escalated, like, say, into what I consider a very dangerous bear. And so, yeah, our options were just about zero at the mm-hmm. time we finally caught up to it. So, yeah, that bear, yeah, we lethally removed that bear. Yeah, it was a three-year-old, I would say skinny, um, definitely wasn't in very good condition, you know, male bear. So, And especially when you consider, too, uh, the time of year it is right now, how many people we have up in Sinks Canyon, how many people are out taking advantage of uh, the outdoors in those areas that you mentioned right now, so... Exactly. It's and that's another difficulty with finding an adequate relocation site. I mean, if somebody can find a, a people-free zone, you know, on the let's say the lander side, um, 
east of the divide mm-hmm. in the Wind River Mountains. Mm-hmm. Boy, I'd like to know where that is because yeah. there are people everywhere. And yeah, um, and a lot of those folks, frankly, are unprepared to have a bear encounter. Um, and so, you know, if they were to bump into a potentially aggressive, you know, food condition bear in the backcountry, it could it could become kind of serious. So we didn't consider that as an option at all. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that exact scenario, too, I know you guys uh, upcoming in August are going to be having another one of your uh, bear spray giveaways, correct? Yeah, so August 24th at 9 a.m. at the Lander Game and Fish office, um, we are hosting a bear spray giveaway. And it's just a first-come, first-served basis. And so um, Safari Club International Foundation um, and American Bear Foundation are the two main providers for funding for that. They've, they've uh, purchased, yeah, um, basically we have 50 cans of free bear spray to just give away. Um, we'd like folks to produce a hunting or fishing license um, to get their, their free can. And, you know, we'll have, you know, folks on, on scene to talk about, yeah, bear safety, bear education, you know, prevention, securing attractants. Um, hopefully we'll even have our new, um, again, was provided by, by those same folks, Fire Club International Foundation and American Bear Foundation. They uh, got us this kind of remote control bear that we could practice inert bear spray, spraying at, um, and uh, yeah, see how the can functions. And again, just learn about everything. And yeah, honestly, we're going to have other game of fish folks there too. Hopefully, you know, some some of the fish guys and non-game folks to answer any question you may have about anything you want to talk about and yeah, get a free can of bear spray. So August 24th, nine o'clock at the Lander office. Huge educational opportunity. And one of the things that we didn't mention earlier too, uh, kind of segging back into uh, where these bear sightings have been, are there any specific areas in Lander, the surrounding areas even, uh, where folks should really pay close attention to those, I mean, preventative measures everywhere, even in town, but uh, especially concentrated areas. So no place in particular, you okay. know, I, I would have thunk so with this bear, but, and again, we got some of these early sightings of just a bear passing by in areas that were significant distance apart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, then we started, you know, getting some photos rolling in, which was great. And we started looking at them and said, ah, this is the same bear. And you, you just wouldn't have thunk it. Yeah. Frankly, yeah. Um, from the distance that he was covering. Well, um, yeah, it was definitely the same bear that was doing all this damage. And so, you know, they do typically travel along the riparian corridors explain that so if you live right on the creek you know uh that is a good potential place where um you're just on a natural travel route Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know this bear did expand his his wanderings a little bit up onto you know uh drier hillsides and stuff where you really wouldn't expect to see a bear but definitely they use yeah along these any of these river corridors squaw creek baldwin creek horniker creek you know, Sinks Canyon, the Proposia, anything. They, they travel up and down. So if you have a home down in there, uh, you should be especially vigilant, yeah, uh, securing your attractants all the time. Okay. And uh, was there anything else that uh, you folks uh, think that uh, our listeners and eventual readers might want to know about that we haven't touched on today? Um, yeah, Vince, I think just some sort of parting thoughts. Um, just because, again, I know we said this earlier, but just because this bear is gone, 
just like Brian said, please take the time to secure your attractants. Um, this isn't the only bear this spring that we've had reports about or conflicts with. Um, so Plus, he might have told his buddies. Ex- you know? <laughs> like, definitely. hey, guys, there, there's some uh, easy eats over there. Exactly. He definitely might have told his buddies. <laughs> and then, you know, kind of along that, I was sitting here thinking, I know how much people invest in bird seed in you know, how many hummingbird feeders they have out or their personal property, whether it's, you know, um, water, you know, a fowl or anything, your, even your barbecue, your expensive barbecue grill. So it's worth the investment to figure out how to secure these things properly, just for your own savings in the long run too, of, of, you know, kind of, um, securing your property reporting early was that other key piece that we talked about please report early it gives us the most management options that we can have and and you know hopefully getting everything secured knocking on doors like brian said busy busy knocking on doors mm-hmm. talking to folks getting things secured and then uh that bearwise page so if you have questions you know reaching out to us but definitely check out our bearwise page on the website under more wildlife and then large carnivore and you'll find all kinds of front country and back country bear information Perfect. Thank you both so much for coming in today. We really do appreciate it. And uh, please feel free to reach out if you guys have any more information uh, in the coming months. Thank you very much, Vince. Thanks, Vince. All right. Thank you guys both. Uh, We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, more KOVE and Today in the 10 after a quick word from our sponsors.